I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about research consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Welcome to today's Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. I'm Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group, and today we have Chuck Sexton here with us, the CEO of a regional economic development organization, One East Kentucky. And this is a real joy for me. I actually hired Chuck into the profession of economic development back in uh, 2010, I think it was, in Paducah, Kentucky. And now he's gone on to run big organizations, and every time I look around, he's hanging out with governors and senators and doing all this important stuff. So maybe he can teach me a thing or two today. So Chuck, thank you for being with us. And why don't you tell us really what drew you into economic development? What made you interested in this field? Well, obviously, first, I need to say thanks for having me uh, on your podcast. I think this is great. It's a good another step for uh, next move. I think you guys need to keep doing this. As far as economic development goes, um, I, I didn't know much about it until uh, the chamber president, Elaine Spaulding, asked me to come and sit down with you. I had been in uh, leadership Paducah, actually, with Alex. And he and I worked at Chuck E. Cheese together back in high school. Oh, yeah. Those were, those were the good old days. Big time connection. <laughs> then uh, uh, I came and sat down and talked to you, and you told me what economic development was, and it seemed like it was what I had been being groomed for through uh, you know the career fields I'd been in, whether it was um, industrial sales, uh, being in and out of tool and die shops and distribution facilities and big manufacturing facilities like Nucor, uh, and then in strategic planning after that. So... <clears throat> Certainly, uh, I grew up similar to you, poor as dirt in the river bottoms of western Kentucky, <laughs> which is all flooded like crazy right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went to see my dad last Friday. He's one way in uh, to his house, and that's <laughs> oh, it. Oh, it's gotten worse since I got, that, I I've got I've got cousins back there who you gotta, you got to get a John boat to get to the house. Yeah, and it's still so, raining. <clears throat> yeah, and so uh, I grew up poor. I uh, grew up in a trailer, a uh, rusted-out trailer. My dad couldn't find a steady job, and I knew how that affected him. Uh, obviously, affected our family. And uh, it wasn't until a uh, local um, rock quarry <laughs> expanded. Sorry. Sorry, I we got, got distracted. distracted at the conference. It's <laughs> yeah. a Mardi Gras conference. <laughs> local rock quarry expanded, <laughs> and uh, he got a steady job. And uh, so we, we got a real house. And, you know, he had we, we had vehicles, and we got to get new clothes for school instead of going to the Salvation Army or something. So uh, to me, uh, economic development is about helping people like the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. It's that everyday person who's in the unemployment line. They've struggled to find steady work. And in my opinion, there's no greater career field, no greater calling to be in. 
and you can hear the passion that comes out of Chuck when he talks about it. And really, one of his unique skills is something we look for now as we do our executive searches is he understands manufacturing. I mean, he can walk in a manufacturing plant and understand what they're making, how the machinery works, what the labor skills are. And that's something that we look for in many instances when we're doing when we're doing our search. So tell these folks a little bit about One East Kentucky. And uh, I know you got some okay. real strengths in terms of your labor force and other things y'all yeah. are doing. Well, One East is the name of our, our, our RIDO, Regional Economic Development Organization. It's a little unique. <clears throat> we get zero uh, local funding uh, as far as tax dollars. Uh, we're completely 100% privately funded. We're a 501c3. My board of directors are CEOs from the region. <clears throat> we actually have investment from companies outside of Eastern Kentucky because there are many, many CEOs uh, and business owners in the Lexington to Louisville area who grew up in Eastern Kentucky mm-hmm. or have connections back there and they want to give back to that region. So I came into this job what, three and a half, four years, well, almost four years ago, and uh, not knowing a lot about coal mining, but knowing, obviously, that there was this d- huge downturn just took uh, took place, and got recruited by my friend Brad Hall, uh, who's now with APCO over in uh, Virginia, and West Virginia, <clears throat> and um, I knew that we needed to understand these folks had been laid off, because what I was hearing from everyone was we did 10,000 people just lost their jobs in the coal mining industry. And I don't know. 10,000 people. 10,000. Yeah. That's 12,000 now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's primary jobs in the coal mine. You can think of a coal mine like an auto OEM where mm-hmm. you have the primary mine and then you have your tier one and two suppliers around them, whether that's uh, weld shops, fab shops, uh, equipment suppliers, whatever it might be. <clears throat> so 12,000 people lose their jobs in a pretty pretty quick uh, period of time, a couple years. And so I wanted to know, what are the skill sets of these folks? What else can they do besides coal mining? Because the perception out there in the everyday Joe, uh, who a you know, CEO in California thinks of a coal miner, is that old man with a long white beard and a pickaxe in his mm-hmm. hand and a little light on his hat. <laughs> yeah, that's not coal mining. <laughs> <laughs> coal mining's pretty heavily automated. You've got to be sophisticated. You're in a dangerous environment. You've got to run equipment quickly, <laughs> make uh, snap decisions, and be able to do things as far as repairs. Uh, you've got to think on the spot. So high mechanical inclination. So we did this workforce study, took nine months, pulled a lot of people together. Long story short, these folks can go into automotive and transportation-related manufacturing, especially metals-related. And so we've now built out a recruiting program uh, to try to recruit a cluster of transportation, primarily aluminum-based manufacturing in the region. And I know you all have had some recent announcements with that. And really, I think building momentum, people are talking about one East Kentucky now. And, and as, as the elections roll around and people talk more and more about the war on coal and coal miners, you, you'll hear even more about it. So talk about some of your successes. Well, uh, a lot of it, again, has been in that transportation, metal-related manufacturing sector. Uh, we do have a focus on aerospace and aviation. Uh, we did the AeroReady certification with uh, Tucson and Tucson Roberts and Robert Ingram, uh, their, their joint uh, certification that they do. I think we were the first to get it. And um, I had been seeing a lot of aviation-related projects in Paducah with you before I went over there, and I thought that might be a good target. Uh, Logan Corp was our first big win. Logan Corp was actually a company that was in the coal mining industry. They were manufacturing sleds and other equipment for coal mining and decided, hey, uh, <laughs> we're having to lay off people. They were down to about 10 to 12 employees and said, we've got to shift. We've got to make a market shift. And uh, just lo and behold, their plant manager had been an engineer in a truck body manufacturing shop. So they shifted into that. They're at about 75 employees now. Uh, we saved the company from having to move out of state, uh, found them a, a good 
uh, facility there. One of our most recent, uh, it's not 100% public. I don't know when this is going to air, so um, or be available. It's, it's actually be a while. The state of Kentucky, <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, the state of Kentucky has already listed the company in their Canadian oh. manufacturer's guide, so I guess it's okay oh. to say we have a. I won't say their name, but it's aluminum extrusion uh, manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is our first FDI facility. Uh, we worked with RCI to, to do all the mm-hmm. uh, lead generation. And this company is going to create roughly 300 jobs. Uh, and they're diversified, so they're not solely an automotive supplier. Uh, they're doing aerospace as well. And I know on the, on the personal and professional side, you're talking today about how economic <laughs> developers can affect the business case of companies. So. We're going to have both economic developers and manufacturing companies here in these podcasts. So talk about why you're passionate about you know seeing economic developers be aggressive and really understand business and uh, and affect the, the the business case for these companies so they can yeah. be successful and hire people. Well, it's it's a, one you're trying to affect the business case of the company when you get down to the deal. But to even get to the point where you can get to a deal, you have to understand the business case of your region. And I think that's something that a lot of economic developers maybe understand that that's important, but that maybe they don't put it in those terms. You know, a lot of times when you go into a, a community, you're thinking, okay, I've got to have product. i got to understand my workforce. i got to know what the training does. But are we really diving deep into the do we know what industries we can recruit and sustain based on our business case as an economic developer and as a region? And so one of the things I've talked a lot about uh, to other communities is you may be the 80-20 rule is usually alive and well. When you look at your business case for a specific industry, you have 80% of what it takes to recruit and sustain a specific type of business. That how you win is how effective you are at closing the gap on that 20%. What are you doing strategically to build capacity within your region to close that gap and truly have a business case that makes it where companies are wanting mm-hmm. to come into your region. And I think rural economic developers really need to take note of that because <clears throat> metropolitan areas get theirs, okay? Mm-hmm. We say that a lot. The metro <laughs> areas are just going to – the projects well, fall right. out of the that's sky. Right. If you're going to have success in a rural area, you have to know your business case so that you can have a laser focus on the type of industry you're going after. All right, and I can't let you get out of here without talking a little Kentucky basketball. Chuck is a huge <laughs> Kentucky basketball fan, going back to Joe B. Hall. If That's you right. Matter of fact, uh, just last week, John Calipari surpassed Joe B. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. And so Calipari now holds – uh, the second most wins in UK history behind uh, Coach Rupp. Well, we're recording this in full disclosure on February 28th, mm-hmm. and these things aren't going to be released until late spring, early summer. So the, the final four will have come and gone. So you get to predict now. We get to see. Wh- where do you think the Cats end up this season when it's all said and done? Um, I think they're going to surprise a few folks. Um, I'm not 100%. Obviously, every year I put them winning the whole thing. That's, that's mm-hmm. just who I am as a person. Uh, I think they can easily make the Final Four. Mm-hmm. I really do. They're a good enough team. They've shown that. If they continue to grow and stay together, work as a team, I think they can get there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Because you know what? These are still kids. They're kids, and they're getting on that big stage in March. And, and you know what? Those nerves can – it's all going to come down That's to how right. the nerves get them. That's right. And and Chuck probably won't tell you this, so I'll tell you far. He actually has John Calipari in his deal-closing team. He, he's literally – stolen John Calipari away from a meeting and said, you got to come meet with this company and tell them to come to East Kentucky. He did a great job. <laughs> and then well, a week later, the company was back for a second visit. We happened to be eating dinner in Lexington at 9 <laughs> o'clock at night. Guess who walks in? Coach Cal. I walk up to him. He looks at me like I'm a 
friggin' psychopath. <laughs> he has no idea who I am from Adam, even though I saw him a week before. And I'm like, hey, coach, uh, yeah, you did a good job helping us with that company. They were sitting <laughs> over here eating some steak. You know, if, if you had it within your heart to come and say hi, I would appreciate it. But, you know, yeah, I don't want to uh, uh, upset you. So I just figured that would be the end of it. Maybe a security guard would tackle me. Didn't happen. Actually, five minutes later, he comes over to our table, remembers their names, remembers the names of executives from that company who weren't even there with us at the wow, time. unreal. And sits there and chats them up and talks about why they need to invest in Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky specifically. Just did a great sales job. Man's a hell of a salesman. No, no wonder he's the best recruiter in college basketball. Well, Chuck, thanks for spending a few minutes with us today. Thanks for we really me. appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. A special thank you to Younger Associates for recording, editing, and publishing this podcast for us. I encourage you to visit their website at younger-associates.com.